Welcome back to the Good Portion Mama podcast. I'm your host, Megan King, and I'm so excited you're here. In a world where busyness is celebrated and being overwhelmed is the motherhood norm, this hot mess mom is here to tell you there's joy and fulfillment through setting aside those typical mom expectations and instead building true, authentic connections with Christ, ourselves, and others. So throw those kids some fruit snacks, grab that cold cup of coffee, or that well-deserved glass of wine, and let's get ready for the good portion. Hey there, mamas! I'm back! Before we get started on our regularly scheduled programming, (laughs) I've always wanted to say that in a situation where it made sense, (laughs) I do want to apologize for last week. Last week was the holiday weekend for Independence Day, and you were supposed to get a small bonus episode. And unfortunately, because at the beginning of last week, I was experiencing some unexpected vertigo, which made me feel like a drunk, crazy person. By the end of the week, I was in the middle of the Ozarks camping with my family for a reunion for five days. I had zero service on Thursday night to upload your episode for Friday. And if you watched my Facebook Live and our online community this past Monday, you'll know I didn't even have enough service to message in our Facebook group or even text friends to message in the Facebook group as a heads up. So I am so sorry you guys didn't get any touches from me or get to listen to the horrible audio that I recorded in our camper in the middle of the woods while also experiencing that ridiculous vertigo. But I promise we're going to make up for it over the next few weeks because While last week's episode was going to be a shorty bonus episode, just kind of giving you guys a heads up of what to look forward to, this week and next week are going to be longer episodes. So feel free to split this episode or next week's episode into two if you're like me and rarely have more than 30 minutes straight to listen to an episode. But I already split them into two episodes and I probably even could have split them into three. So let's get this show on the road. Actually, after driving eight hours to Missouri and eight hours back, let's not say that. Let's say let's get this show rocking, okay? Uh, I do want to say thank you to those of you that have taken a couple minutes to go to iTunes and leave a written review for our show so that more mamas can find us easier. So here is a recent review that made my heart just melt. It is from Sarah P. She says, Megan is real. I love that about her and this podcast. She dives deep into faith-based issues and she isn't ashamed to speak the truth. It's refreshing and encouraging to listen each week. So thank you, Sarah, for that sweet and awesome review. It really does mean the world to me to hear that our show resonates with so many of you and that there are so many of us that are understanding or at least starting to understand that mamahood is real and not perfect and there is no reason to be ashamed when it's way more real than it is fun, okay? So if you have learned anything or enjoyed our episodes even just a little bit, Would you mind pausing this show for two minutes and going to iTunes and leaving a written review? I would be eternally grateful and your review might even get a little shout out on an upcoming episode. Another reminder, when we hit 100 written reviews on iTunes, we are going to do another big giveaway. Now, I'm not just talking about a notebook or one little wine accessory. I'm talking a big giveaway, okay? Let's move on to our weekly Mompreneur Biz Connection. I know some of you look forward to this every week. I have a couple of gals that have let me know that they have already booked 
or ordered from the people that we spotlighted on here and love the stuff that they got. So today we are spotlighting mompreneur Jan Wells from my hometown, Meriden, Kansas. First, before I tell you what she does, can I just take a minute to get away from my notes and just tell you what she's done? Jan Wells is the mother of one of the gals that in middle school and high school was one of my best friends. But before that happened, Jan was actually one of my favorite teachers. She taught my fourth grade class, and I don't think I need to tell you that I was a super chatty Kathy back then. Shocker, right? Now, I have a lot of favorites and a lot of bests, and I'll tell you, teachers is one of those categories where I have been richly blessed to not have just one, but three favorite teachers, and Jan went above and beyond just the typical, like, favorite teacher when I was younger to actually becoming one of my favorite adults growing up. Now, I don't know if she even remembers this, but I always will, so I want to I wanna just tell you a quick little story, okay? So when I was in either fifth grade or sixth grade. I think it was fifth grade, but for some reason it feels like sixth grade. Uh, One of the side effects of having like a thousand kids is long-term and short-term memory loss, so don't judge me. So we're just going to say it was sixth grade, but it could have been fifth grade. I was playing basketball, and if you know me but didn't know me as a kid, you're probably laughing at the sheer thought of me playing basketball, but that's a story for a different episode. Anyway, I played basketball and I was in that preteen stage where even though I was a straight A student all through elementary school before that, I was struggling finding the balance between activities and family life and taking on additional responsibilities in schoolwork versus like the previous elementary style where you didn't really have any homework, right? Except for maybe like a worksheet or something. I wasn't getting assignments turned in. My grades were slipping. I wasn't taking responsibility for missing assignments. None of that stuff. And now that I, now that I'm repeating this story back to you guys, I'm literally like, I really need to be nicer to my middle schooler about his late and missing assignments. But Anyway, so I wasn't getting assignments turned in. My grades were slipping. Basketball practice was at the intermediate school, which was the school that was in between middle school and like the traditional elementary school grades. So it housed the fourth and fifth graders in there. Now, my teachers reached out to my mom and told her what my grades were looking like and what was happening. And she made me go to practice And instead of practicing with the team, she made me sit out in the hallway outside of the gym to do schoolwork and get my stuff done. Now, to say I was angry was an understatement. So I'm sitting in the hallway with the sound of my teammates laughing or practicing hard in the background in the gym. And then also the added embarrassment that every time they came in the hall for a water break at the water fountain, they all looked at me like, ooh. So I... I had a hard time really focusing on my schoolwork and getting it done other than just focusing on how angry I was, right? But Jan, Mrs. Wells, who would have been working late because I think we all know that a teacher's workday doesn't end when the bell rings, right? So she comes walking down the hallway and I see her look in the gym and then she looks at me and then looks back in the gym and then really looks at me And then instead of smiling or just saying hi and walking on past like everyone else that had gone through the hallway while I was sitting there, she comes over and asks what's going on, right? So I start explaining about how obviously ridiculous my mom is being. (laughs) And she proceeds to 
listen and ask how I got to this position, what I was feeling and everything else, really listening to what I had to say. And I'll tell you, I don't remember specifically what I said or hardly anything that she said in that moment other than this one thing. And I can even still remember how like taken aback I felt when she said it and still feel that way sometimes when I find myself in similar situations now and I think about it. And she said that she said, Megan, you're better than this. I know you are, and you should know you are too. What do you need to do now to make it right? And I don't remember exactly what she said after that or what my response was. I do know there was some crying on my part either before or after she walked away, but something changed in me right there. And to top it off, Mrs. Wills in that moment went from being one of my favorite fourth grade teachers to one of my favorite adults growing up. Jan took the time, even after working a long day, to connect with a student, and not even a student in her class, but a former student, which had basically zero benefit for herself, just because. And for that, I will always remember and be eternally grateful. These days, Mrs. Wells is enjoying her much-deserved retirement with her husband, Chris, and her kids and grandbabies, which, by the way, are so freaking cute, okay? After 36 years of teaching little ones' hearts and minds in first and fourth grade, now, instead of teaching kids, she spends her time teaching others how simple it is to keep a clean and healthy home through her Norwex business. Jan does in-home and online demonstrations on how to simplify your in-home cleaning routines and then switch out those toxic cleaners that you already have for a safer home cleaning system. Can I just say I love my Norwex dry and wet mop system that I have? And you want to know a secret bonus that comes with those? Uh, so do the toddlers, okay? They love being able to run around the house, quote unquote, mopping the floor, Mom, I'm mopping. Mom, look at me. I'm mopping. And I love that it keeps them busy long enough for me to make a trip to the bathroom alone or to go outside and eat a candy bar or two. Those of you who followed our mega podcast launch giveaway may have noticed that Jan actually donated a fruit and veggie scrub mitt as well as the kitchen scrub cloth to our boxes. So big thank you to Jan for being not only a great teacher and a great businesswoman, but just an all-around great human. And if you want to host a Norwex party or you need to get your hands on some of her healthy home products, let Jan come clean parts of your kitchen in front of your friends. That's fun. We did that at my at my parents' house. Uh, and just see how easy it is to keep a home that's just simply healthy and clean without all the added stress and the added toxins, okay? So reach out to Jan using the contact info that's in our show notes, or I'll be posting in our Facebook group, hopefully next week, a list of all the Mompreneur Business Connection spotlights that we've done with their links in there so you can find it easily. All right, that was much longer than our normal biz connections usually are, but I felt like it was really important for you guys to hear firsthand how easy it is to quickly, I mean, that conversation couldn't have been more than five or 10 minutes, you guys, but how easy it is to build a real authentic connection with someone else, no matter how small those moments, they can make a really large impact on the others involved, even preteens who already know everything, okay? Speaking of preteens, have I mentioned before that I have one, a preteen? and a teenager, and two toddlers that you may hear me lovingly referencing as the terrorists? Yes. Yes, I have. (laughs) 
Well, today we're going to dive into the four steps that you need to be taking in order to make building deeper connections with your family a simple yet continually intentional thing. Now, this week is part one of our two-week session on your family connection. And while you can practice these four things throughout all of your family relationships, this week is going to be heavily focused on your connection with your kids. And then next week, we'll focus more on your connection with your spouse. They all fall within the family connection uh, category, but there's so much information I want to cover up front in these first few episodes that I had to split them out. But I want you to make sure that you remember that just because we may focus on one particular person or area, how all of these categories are intertwined and that every connection you are nurturing and growing will in turn help nurture and grow other connections as well. So let's get real. I call my toddlers terrorists and I joke about preteen and teenage angst and attitude, but I love, love, love my kids more than I can even put into words. And if you know me or you have been listening even just for a minute, me not having words is nothing short of a miracle, okay? And I know that that love is nothing short of a gift, okay? In Psalms 127.3, it says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are reward from him. And in the King James Version, the word inheritance is actually used in place of the word gift. So no matter which version you prefer, I think it's safe to say, aside from God's salvation and grace, children are one of the ultimate blessings from God. And all jokes aside, I know how richly blessed I am to have been given the inheritance of our one true God. And I don't take that task lightly, and I'm certain you guys don't either. So I think in today's world of motherhood, it's easy and fun to kind of make light of some of the burdens that come in motherhood. But I also think it's really important that we remember how much Jesus loved and demonstrated his love for children. Feel free to check out Matthew 18.10 or Matthew 19.14, and then there's plenty more, but I already know we're going to go long today. So if you need me to give you some verses and reinforcement on how much importance God puts into showing love to children, shoot me a message and I'm happy to send you a list of those. So I know in motherhood, sometimes we need those reminders. We need those reinforcements when it is your third puddle of pee that you're cleaning up on the kitchen floor. Sometimes you just need a friendly little reminder. This is a gift. God gave this to you as a gift. (laughs) right? Packaged up in a smelly yellow liquid. Uh, So let's just get down to it. The first tip for building a deeper connection with your family and one that has been monumental for me over the last year has been time budgeting and being intentional with scheduling. So tip number one, time budgeting, being intentional with scheduling. Now, I know you're probably thinking, okay, redhead, what the heck does this have to do with building connections with my kids, right? Or maybe you're a big Martha like me that already has a color-coded planner with notes and alerts and timers and hashtag all the bells and whistles, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being more organized or having more tools in place. What I am talking about is writing out a detailed list of the top 10 things that are a 
priority in your life. And I don't just mean your life now. I mean priorities for your life between now and eternity. Then I want you to take the time to really look at your hours in the day that are available to you. And as a side note, we all have the same 24 hours available to us. It's how we use it, right? That's a whole nother episode that I could really just shove right into the middle of this one. But we're going to we're going to keep moving. I want you to make that list of your top 10 priorities. And I want you to really think about them, not in the essence of things or money or recognition or anything like that. Deep down, what are your priorities for your life, both here on earth and in eternity, okay? Then I want you to look at the time that you're spending intentionally focusing on those real priorities versus all the other stuff, the fillers, the things we socially and culturally are told should be a priority, but really aren't our priorities. And when I say our, I mean capital O-U-R, our priorities. Maybe it's a priority that you have been told that you should have, but it's not really in your top 10 list. You know what I'm talking about? I have found in my experience, I can plan and hope and get motivated to spend more time with my family and do the things I think will help grow them into real responsible and kind and God-loving humans. But if I'm using all my time doing all that other stuff, my real priorities start to get shoved to the back burner. Even though those other things are for them, they're still not the best for them, okay? We don't have a ton of time today to really dive into this, but I promise you, if you do the homework today and really stick with it, it can and will make all the difference. The first step is essential in being able to make the last three tips that I give you possible and set up for success. So if you're really wanting to dive in and see it put into detailed perspective, you could take a look at the book, It's About Time, The Art of Choosing the Meaningful Over the Urgent by Valerie Burton. This was a book that I saw my friend Audra Hooper, who, by the way, is going to be one of our first guest interviews on your self-connection. But I, I saw a post by Audra Hooper on Facebook where she just talked about how this book just flipped her life upside down. Okay, so the book, again, in case I'm talking too fast, it's called It's About Time, The Art of Choosing the Meaningful Over the Urgent by Valerie Burton. You can get it on Amazon. That's where I got mine. It actually showed up in 24 hours. So moving on to step two. So if you're wanting, if you're really wanting to dive in on time budgeting and being intentional with your schedule and your priorities, that is a fabulous book. Um, I loved every part of it. Now, I will tell you, if you really want to do it, you really have to fill out the time budgets that she's asking you to do in this book. And she's got it all written out in there. There's space for you to write everything in. There's charts, all of that stuff. If you are a chart lover, you will like that book, okay? All right, step two, making meaningful moments out of the everyday or ordinary or even things that just feel like everyday or ordinary, okay? And this one sounds pretty self-explanatory, but I know that sometimes what we think are meaningful moments can get bogged down with other things. Now, while they're these other things, their intentions are good, they can be unnecessary and possibly ruin the moment. Last week is a good example, our trip. So every two years, my family on my dad's side has a reunion in my grandma Wanda's hometown near Eminence, Missouri. I grew up going on this trip, camping with my family where we did a float or a canoe trip. We had the reunion and then just all around just fellowship with family, right? 
And for the last three trips that I've been able to go on with my husband and kids, I've either been pregnant or had a baby with me. And this year was our year to go again. And my husband asked me very politely, I might I might say, if we should leave the girls and just take the boys. So reminder, my boys are 13 and 9 and my girls are 3 and 2. And my first and immediate response was completely guilt-ridden with, who leaves family members behind on a family vacation? No way, we have to take them. And my husband in good form said, okay, it's up to you. If you want to take them, we'll take them. I just wanted to point out that it might be a little bit more enjoyable for you and for me uh, if if we left them and they probably wouldn't remember. Now, can I just point out that when a husband agrees with you or says it's up to you, I think that's the equivalent of a wife saying, I'm fine. (laughs) Because let me just tell you that even though he said it was up to me, he still asked my younger sister via text message later on that week if she was bringing her kids. Uh, She's got a 14 or 15 month old girl and an, a, a really anxious but fun five-year-old who I love them both. But the second he asked, she said, heck no. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, he didn't hesitate to tell me with a, you want to rethink your decision? Look. Uh, now, I should be clear. Yes, he wanted to leave the girls behind, not just because it would be easier But he understood how not having them this time, a time where they're so young they wouldn't even remember not going, it wouldn't just mean an easier trip for the two of us, but that we would get to spend more quality time with our boys and that it would be a more enjoyable and meaningful trip for the boys. When you have really little kids and bigger kids, like there's that age difference or age gap there, it's really easy for the older kids to feel like they're less important because the toddlers take up so much of your attention. But older kids need that attention too, right? We all do. We made the decision together to leave the toddlers home with Jake's parents and they actually got to go out on a trip to the lake with their cousins and their grandparents. So it was so much fun for them and meaningful for them at the same time but it was a trip intended to have moments that focused on just the boys and our family and the girls got to have their own little thing other examples would be intentionally teaching them things throughout your everyday interactions so maybe when you're struggling with a situation so like if we're struggling in a situation with one of the kids where they're just acting out my husband has been much better than I have at taking a few minutes to himself to make sure that he's calmed down and not just start handing out lectures or consequences but really stopping and explaining why it's a poor choice and asking where it's coming from, like giving them the opportunity to explain why they did what they did or why they're doing what they're doing, but then also showing where that learning experience is or how it changes the kind of adult that they could become or how it affects people around them. Just really, really taking the time to take those difficult situations that normally would just come with a lecture or a consequence 
and turning it into a meaningful learning experience or moment. Another example would be some weekday mornings when Jake is at work. Shh, don't tell him. (laughs) If I feel like the day before was too busy or maybe I wasn't giving the kids as much attention as they should because I had a big deadline or tons of errands to run or something like that, instead of getting up early and, I mean, I still do my miracle mornings and most of the time I'm going to the gym and doing my workouts, but if if I wake up, instead of doing that stuff and then immediately starting on my to-do list, I call all the kids up into my room and I... I get all five of us in my bed and surprise them and we just sit there and we watch a movie and we just snuggle and laugh and tickle each other and annoy each other and uh, it's so much fun. So tip number two, taking everyday ordinary moments, whether it's a family trip, a poor life choice, or just a few hours in the morning snuggling and watching a movie in your bed instead of in the living room where everybody is all spread out. And turning them into something meaningful that builds memories or contributes to their or your personal growth um, and really ultimately for everybody involved. So, all right, moving on. Tip number three, one-on-one time. We talked about the importance of your self-connection, but just like you need one-on-one time with yourself and with God Your family needs and deserves one-on-one time with you too. I think it's easy to understand how one-on-one time with your spouse has to happen for a healthy marriage or relationship, but it's just as important to have that one-on-one time with each of your kids. This is something else I struggled with and sometimes still do, but I'm getting better, y'all, okay? (laughs) And you know what was the kicker for me? Bedtimes. When it finally happens, it's a glorious celebration for mothers, right? Even dads too, or even older brothers and sisters. For me, between kids' bedtime and nap time, I have to be honest, sometimes it's my favorite part of the day. I told you I love my kids, but I feel like there's an hourly cap on your day on how long (laughs) you can handle cleaning up pee and food and diffusing tantrums and (laughs) all of that stuff, right? Uh, Like I said, sometimes it's my favorite part of the day. But a while back, my my three-year-old started begging me to snuggle her before bed. My girls listened to um, a CD of songs made out of scriptures. And so Ray started begging me to snuggle her. Just one song, just one song she would beg. And the first night I finally gave in and laid down with her for one song, I literally got to snuggle her and she rubbed my face and she said, Mommy, I love you so much. Thank you for snuggling me. I literally got to watch her fall asleep. And I'll be honest, I cried. (laughs) If you know my three-year-old, she doesn't just fall asleep. She's a mini Megan and... She will take every opportunity that she can to chat about anything she can think of for as long as you'll let her. And I noticed in that moment of snuggling with her, with just her, how different she was with me right there one-on-one at bedtime than on a normal night. And then I realized how few opportunities I was making, not taking, making to have one-on-one time with all four of my kids. And I still struggle with running two businesses, maintaining a relationship and friendship with my husband and my me time and running a household and frequently being able to have one-on-one time with each kid, but I'm getting better. Jake is too. 
Now, after realizing in six short years that Logan could be moving out, I'll say a day that we still jokingly count down to for each one of our kids, uh, I'll tell you, Jake has done a fabulous job of zoning in, especially with Logan, on doing things one-on-one with him that Logan enjoys like Jake does. Now, I don't know if you've ever met me or my husband or my kids, um, Logan looks just like Jake, but he acts and is emotionally just like me. And so they don't have a lot of stuff that they have in common. But my husband has found that Logan loves to cook like he does and he loves mowing. So Jake goes out of his way to involve Logan in cooking meals or giving Logan responsibility over things like smoking a brisket while Jake's at work or making the fruit dip to go with the fruit that we served at one of the family meals on our trip. They do that stuff together. And Jake Jake involves the boys in yard work and hauling wood for our stove and fishing trips. And we do card games sometimes with the boys once the girls go to bed. When the boys are off doing big kid stuff with friends or sleepovers with grandparents, we do movie nights or girls nights with just the girls. I do dress up time with the girls during the day when the boys are working on chores Uh, But mostly my one-on-one time with the girls right now is snuggle time in the morning or at bedtime. And I almost always, I love, love, love snuggle time. And I think I appreciate it even more with the girls because I know that the boys don't want to do that very much anymore. And so I think that's, I think that's why that's, that's so special to me right now. So, all righty. Last one for today, because I know I've got, you guys have things to do, and you know I'm going to give you homework still too. So (laughs) the last tip I have for today on how to build a stronger connection with your family is this, shared growth in Christ. We talked about building your faith connection and how important that is. Just think how important it is to set that example for your kids and let them know that their connection in their faith and with Christ is just as important. I think I think it's likely safe to say every Christian mama's prayer, or at least one of them, is that their kids grow up to know and love Christ. And as a Christian, our ultimate goal should be the same as God's, which is him not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance, right? But I find it particularly important for me to know that my family is going to be joining me in eternity with God. Practicing shared growth in Christ, while, while it's the fourth tip on this list, is also right up there in my priorities, okay? Top, top, top tier of my priorities list. In in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'll be honest, I've never been really good at sharing my faith with others or praying out loud and publicly, and not because I'm ashamed of it, but because I've never really felt like I knew enough to do it or that I might make others uncomfortable. And I guess I guess a term for it, something that gets thrown around a lot is imposter syndrome, I guess, if you will. Feeling like if I started talking about anything biblical or faith-based because I didn't really know a lot other than, you know, Christ is my savior and building that that connection personally with Christ, that sharing any of that publicly, even even with my family, I guess, I'd look like or sound like a hypocrite because I, I wouldn't be able to answer their questions or maybe I haven't done a 
perfect job of setting the right example. I'm not doing all of these things right. So why should I be telling them how to how to live their lives in Christ, right? But you know what? What better way for your family to learn that nobody is perfect and nobody has all the right answers except God than to live that, to show them, to walk with them. When we take the time to intentionally involve our family in our pursuit to discover a stronger connection with our faith, we also in turn build a stronger cord of connection with those others that we love most. Learning and experiencing not just at the same time as them, but alongside them. Sharing with them when we're struggling, age-appropriate situations, of course, or our celebrations, or asking them to pray for you or for others in a moment most needed. Sharing lessons that God has taught you or things that he's brought to your attention or brought you through. Uh, asking what they've learned in church service or their, their kids' classes. Doing a kids' devotional with them daily or weekly. Breaking down real-life experiences that they're going through in a way that they can understand, Right. Praying not just for them, but with them. If if Proverbs 22.6 wasn't enough, then how about this from Deuteronomy 11, 18, and 19? It starts out, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. He gives some tips and then he says, teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you are getting them up. Right here, God is quite literally telling us we need to be sharing our lessons and growth in Christ with our children. And double points when you're doing these things, you can also utilize that time to do your one-on-one time with them. Double up on it. If you love being efficient, there you go. So a shared growth in Christ is not only essential if you're wanting to build the strongest of connections with your family, but quite literally, it is expected, not just for their childhood or their adult years, but for eternity. So now that I've already gone over our normal time span, uh, now you see why we split this into two parts. Let's wrap this thing up and talk about what your homework is this week. This homework might take just a little bit more time and a little bit more focus. Not focus. Focus isn't the word. Um, It might take a little bit more time because I want you to be specific. Number one, as always, if you haven't completed our free Good Portion Profile Quiz, make sure you snag that in the show notes. It's completely free. We also have the link posted on our online Facebook group. So that's always going to be your homework, number one. Number two, I want you to write out a list of your top 10 life and eternity priorities, okay? What are the things that are most important to you? I'll give you an example. Here is a few of mine in no particular order that I have written down for myself. I just picked a couple of them. Again, no particular order. One of them is a continued longing and active pursuit for a growing relationship in my faith and with Jesus. Another one is a lifelong growth in both an emotional and a physical relationship with my husband that meets or exceeds the desires of both of our hearts. Another one is, let's see, growing strong, spiritual, emotional, physical, and socially productive children as God desires and calls me to do. Practicing obedience to God's call on my career, relationships, actions, and life without trying to hold the reins myself. And then let's see, another one, actively engaging in the spiritual and emotional support of others that God calls me and brings me into relationship without hesitation. So notice I didn't just say a strong relationship with Christ a strong relationship with my husband, 
a strong relationship with my kids, raising good kids, right? I want you to be specific. What kind of relationship with God do you want? Do you want a relationship where you are actively pursuing and longing for that relationship? What about your relationship with your spouse? Is that in your priorities? And if it is, what kind of relationship? Do you just want to focus on the emotional? Do you just want to focus on the physical? Do you want a little bit of both? How how do you do that, right? So once you've completed your list of priorities, here is step number three in your homework. I want you to look at that list and I want you to use it to go through your calendar. Are there things in your calendar that while they're still likely good things, are there things in your calendar that do not actively pursue or grow any of the things on your priority list? If so, I want you to stop. I want you to pray over them. And I want you to ask God for direction on whether there are other things in your priority list that are not being prioritized that should be in those spaces in your life instead. And remember, there is zero reason to feel guilty if there are things that you need to change. I'm I'm giving you these tips and I still every single day have to change things around or readjust or look back and be like, God, I feel that, right? Right? So even if you aren't in a space yet to do it, but I want you praying to God with your concerns or asking for help because that is exactly what he wants from us, okay? So just remember, remember this. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, right? And if he can create the heavens and the earth, he can probably, and by probably, I mean absolutely, (laughs) help you in prioritizing those things closest to both yours and his heart. Keep me posted. I love hearing from you guys and answering questions and seeing how you guys are doing. I love hearing your celebrations and your growth and successes or even where you're struggling, okay? My ultimate motivation, again, behind this podcast is to connect with you guys and help you guys build more real, authentic connections. So please do that with me. Um, don't try to do it without me. Don't make me be a Spamela Anderson and have to like constantly reach out to you and ask you how your homework is doing, right? I love being able to hear where you're at and um, even sometimes not just motivate you, but give you my real life experience. Like, yeah, I sucked at this or yeah, I'm still sucking at this. What's working for you? Here's what's working for me kind of thing, right? So all right. So as always, lots and lots of love and cheers. Hey there, Mama. One last thing before you go. Have you joined our online community in Facebook groups? If you haven't and you're looking for that additional amount of support, look us up in the Facebook groups as the Good Portion Mama. Click that join button, answer those three questions, and join the family.